Welcome to the Faith Inside the Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the sixth Sunday after Epiphany for the week of February 16th, 2020, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and as you probably can hear by now, I am getting over a bit of a flu bug, so I don't have necessarily my best vocal performance this week, so I apologize on the front end with that, but I'm going to do the best that I can this week, and I feel that there's too much this week that we can't not just miss this week with me being sick. We have to dig into this because there's a lot to get into and a lot of really interesting things. And especially here in the Northern Hemisphere, we are slowly getting more and more light. And I think it also is such a great reminder of how Christ is constantly working with us and continuing to show us that the light never fades away. But before we jump into this week's podcast, I really want to dig into last week's podcast question because it's interesting how the responses that I did get this week, how they dive into this. So the question that I had was, how can you be the salt of the earth? How can you be the light on the hill more consistently? And the reason that I kind of got to that conclusion was the idea of we're all working together and it's the Holy Spirit working through us to bring us all together as a collective group. But yet we each have individual gifts that God uses us and uses these gifts and the Holy Spirit working through us. And I got some really interesting responses. I had one talking about how he's continued for 50 plus years working with kids and that he's built a lot of trust with them. And a lot of the conflict that he's had with other adults is because they don't think he should trust them as much as he does. But he has come to trust them, and that's part of what he's seeing, the gift that God has given him. I had one thinking about just the concept of that we have been given gifts that God has given us, and it's the Holy Spirit working through us to do God's work. There's something new, something that hadn't been thought about before, and I think it's a great way of thinking about it. And I also had some responses kind of talking about the traditional service and being willing and able to think about it in a different way, in a different context, and being willing and able to push ourselves forward and being willing to improvise and how we're in this interesting spot that really we probably need to do both. We need to be able to respect the tradition that we have and help all of us understand what the tradition is. And there's value to that. There is value to when you're on your deathbed and you may not be able to recall a lot, but you can recall the Lord's Prayer. You can recall these things that you have said week after week after week. But I think there is also a part where we can't have the whole service be like that. There's probably has to be a point where God improvises, God brings new life in, and we need to be willing and able to do that. And I think it, both of those tie into the idea of God working within us, God showing us how to be the salt of the earth, how to be the light as a city on a hill. And it's a key word of city from a sermon that I heard this last weekend from Corey Furman discussing how it's a city as a group that all of us are working together. And I think that's a key point with this too, is we have gifts that each of us have, but it's also working together as a collective group to be able to do it. So let's jump into the text for this week. The gospel text this week is out of Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 37. A lot here, a lot of what 
appears to be making of this hill that we can never climb. Jesus showing us that we cannot do this on our own. So Jesus going through law that you should not murder and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But then bringing on that if you said that you are a fool to any of your brothers and sisters, that you have essentially done the same thing. When we're going to court against the accuser, that we should be working to reconcile with them outside the courtroom and that we should not commit adultery and it gets into the sticky situation of divorce and is divorce adultery and how easy at times at this point in this place that people are handing out divorces and Christ in this case saying that that shouldn't be this easy and really what I see as you read through this text is the ability that we cannot do anything without Christ. We are not able to accomplish the standard that Christ and God has for us if we do not allow us to admit that we cannot do it. And that's part of what I see as we're still in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount here from Jesus. The first reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. This, again, is a very interesting reading to be attaching in this place because it's talking about the people of Israel are wandering around and that they're not going to be let into the land, the promised land yet, and that they're going to continue to have to wait. But that's building this trust, that we have to continue to trust that God will continue to provide, that he will continue to set forth a path that we need, and that loving and obeying him in what he is telling us to do will lead to life. The psalm this week is Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8. The psalm, again, gets into this idea of trust and that, again, we cannot do anything without Christ, that we aren't able to forgive ourselves. There's plenty of things that we should be condemned for, but it's laying it in front of Christ is really what ends up making us happy in the sight of the Lord or being able to feel the release of the foes and pressures that we have from committing sin. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. And as we continue in this letter to the people of Corinth, I think this reading from Paul is quite important. And he talks about brothers and sisters in Christ that there is food that he wants to provide them. He wants to give them this deep, nourishing conversations, but yet they're still so weak in their faith in a lot of ways that they're still needing milk, as he puts it in verse 2. So this idea that they're quarreling over things and it's actually preventing growth. And I really like this image coming from verse 4 through 6. So I'll read that for you. For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, you are not merely human. What is then Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord assigned each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave growth. This idea, again, referencing back to what we've talked about over the last few weeks of helping who led them to the faith and quarreling who the leader of their faith is, that it's really nothing without Christ, that Christ is the one who is doing the work to be able to actually make this happen, that there has to be some type of faith this trust, this leap of faith that we have to take at some point in order for us to grow. And so there's 
really interesting correlations there. And I feel like the second reading to me is what kind of brings all of this together this week. But before we talk about how this ties to faith and science, I have to do my shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussion, since I am not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis for the readings, to be able to listen to their podcast on discussing these readings from four seminary professors and having an archive of multiple commentaries on these readings. So if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. The second thing I would recommend is checking out God Friended Me if you haven't yet. I still think it's one of the best things on television. There's still time to be able to catch up with at least half the season right now on CBS. And it's really fun to be able to see in a modern context how God could be working through people. Kind of the whole idea of what we talked about last week, the Holy Spirit working through people. And we get sprinklings of that this week, especially kind of coming through Paul that we should be able to see this in our day-to-day lives. And it's really cool to have a show that's kind of focusing a little bit more on that. So if you have not checked out God Friended Me, I'd highly recommend it. A lot of my focus this week will be on the 1 Corinthians text because I feel like it ties so well into the gospel text. Paul is saying what Jesus is inferring, that we cannot do anything without Christ that we cannot have any growth or we cannot move in the direction and where God is leading us without him. And so it makes me think about growing up in a rural area and discussing and talking with farmers and farmers talking about what it really means to, in a way, have trust in God with their farming. Because you spend the whole winter planning, and then you spend a lot of time preparing the soil, and then you spend a lot of time planting the seed, and then you spend a lot of time providing the seed with the nutrients and the water and the fertilizer and all the things that it needs to grow. But the thing that nothing in science has been able to explain yet is the spark of life. When the seed decides that I'm going to make this leap of faith, that I am going to literally bust out of my shell, bust out of this safe environment to grow, to take a chance, to take that leap of faith. Christ, I see in the Matthew text, is discussing that we cannot live purely by the law. There has to be a leap of faith that we need to be able to take within our own faith walk, that we need to be willing to sacrifice and give God everything, being willing to give God what he needs to move forward to move in us. To be the person that he has called us to be, tying a lot back to last week. And being willing and able, I think, when we're looking at Paul, seeing that God moves in other people's to help lead us to him. But it's not them who is causing the growth. It's God. It's God moving in these people that helps us move forward. It's us accepting at times that there's going to be times and places where God isn't wanting us to be. There's going to be times and places where God isn't wanting us to grow in the way that we think that we should grow. Kind of like the Deuteronomy text where we need to continue to obey and trust God and believe that he is going to bring us through the situation, even though you might not be seeing the fruit of it, which is hard. And then we get to the point where There are things in the law that we're going to have to admit to God that we did wrong. And that's what's going to actually end up helping ourselves 
feel better is trusting God and saying, yep, I messed up. I am not you. I am not perfect. It gets back to a lot of in science and a lot of what science is built upon is trust. When I publish a paper, I'm trusting that you are telling me all the different things that are relevant to the study on what was going through your thought process when you made your hypothesis and why. And when you gave your results, you're giving me all the data. You're not just skimming it down to make a positive result. And then you're telling me what you were able to see. What were you observing? Because I physically wasn't there. I wasn't able to oversee the study. We look in our world and our lives today and We have a community that is built on trust. It's not just the scientific community. It's everywhere around us. And here we have Christ saying that I need you to be able to trust me. And that means you need to be willing and able to take the leap of faith of what it takes to be able to do that. Another example of this is if you think about any young creature, as it continues to grow, there's leaps of faith that they have to take. We watch it in this child as we help them learn to start using their feet to begin to walk. And at some point, you have someone usually standing on the other side with open arms, encouraging them to take those steps. And the parent standing behind, helping them get up, but then letting go because they have to do this on their own. They have to take the leap of faith that they're not just going to fall that there are people around them that help hold them up and carry them when needed, but to also to continue to build that ability to take those steps. Bald eagles is a perfect example. Bald eagles get fed from mothers and fathers for months. And at some point, the parents say that's enough. They need to be able and willing to fly on their own. They need to be willing and able to take that leap of faith to fly so that I can teach them the hunt. So they quit bringing back food. And hungry stomachs cause these young eagles at some point to take the leap of faith to leave the nest and to flap the wings and trust from all their test flights in the nest where they're just barely getting above the nest that when they push off that they're going to be okay, that they're going to fly. And it might be rough and there might be a lot of things that they still need to work on. But they have to take that leap of faith at some point. Just saying that the law that I have wings that have natural lift to help me push up does not cause an eagle to fly. At some point, they have to experience it themselves. At some point, they have to push off and be willing to see what that's like. To have a seed be able to know and trust that, yes, the environment around me is good, but at some point... Somehow, that seed has the sense and know and some ability that we have not yet figured out. And I would argue it's God's finger of life saying, grow. Now is your time. Now the conditions are right for you to grow. We see this all around us. And it's so easy for us, especially within the church, to look to young people. And I think we have to remember it's not just young people who are growing. It's all of us who are growing. Young people remind us of how important it is to grow, that we cannot stay in the clothes and the comfort zones that we have our whole lives. Because if you wore the same thing you did when you were five, you might look a little silly now. It probably wouldn't fit very well because your body is physically grown. But I think Christ is explaining and pushing us and challenging us to say your faith is the same way. 
I don't want the same faith that you had when you were five. I don't want the same faith when you were 15 or 25. I want the same faith of you continuing to push forward and ask why, continuing to grow and trust, and continuing to figure out and learn more about this creator and who he is to us. That's what this is all about. That's where Christ is saying, you can physically cannot do what the Father is expecting. You physically can't do it. And you physically can't grow in your faith without Christ. Physically can't do it. It's God working through you. It's God coming and being a light within you. That as a community, as a group, you can be the light on the hill and encourage each other to help each other's lights. As we are getting closer and closer to the one, the transfiguration of our Lord, which then leads into Ash Wednesday and Lent, I think it's not unintentional that we're getting texts to remind us of working together as a group, working together as the body of Christ, pushing and challenging and making us move together because tough days are coming, tough things are coming. And that's okay. That's things that are going to push and challenge our faith and force us to grow as individuals, but that we're going to need each other around each other and realize that none of this is possible without Christ. There is no way we can grow and be the people who God has designed us to be without God being part of it. I know from my experience and talking to plenty of other people that it's very easy for us to get wrapped up in our own ideas and what our thoughts are. I mean, heck, talk to any newlywed as I'm going through being engaged and figuring out these things of bringing two people together and how difficult in a lot of ways there are struggles and things we have to figure out. And that's good challenges. It's good growth, but it's hard. And it gets back to, again, the idea that Christ never says following him will be easy. But we have to take the leap of faith to say and to trust and say, God, I can't do it on my own. Someone telling an eagle how to fly doesn't make it fly. At some point, it has to leave the nest. Telling a child, you can walk. Look, I walk, you can walk. Doesn't help an infant learn to walk. You have to be beside them, helping them and giving them encouragement. And at some point, they then will walk and soon run. And in a lot of ways, then come back and teach you more about life than whatever you had learned before. It's the beautiful part of having the body of Christ together. We all need each other. We're all seeds being planted. And God's telling us to grow. Grow deep. Grow your roots deep so that it can support what I am planning for you. Continue to, and they've shown that plants are in some form or some way able to communicate somehow with each other. Communicate with those around you so that you understand who is around you. Understand the abilities and the ways that God's working through them so that you can continue to learn to grow your light and so that together you make this bright light of God. So the Twitter question this week is, where do you need to continue taking a leap of faith? Where do you continue to need to take a leap of faith? I know there's a lot of ways when I reflect on myself 
and reflect on the different places that I am in, the where I need to take a leap of faith, be it trusting other people, be it working better with others in certain times and certain spaces, being willing to give it to God and trust that it's out of my control, being willing and okay with that the plan that I had isn't the plan that God has. All of us have these different roles of trying to understand and taking leaps of faith. But I would also argue that many of us would say when we've done that in our deepest moments, it's the biggest moments when our faith has grown. So why don't we do it more often? Why don't we challenge ourselves to grow and challenge ourselves to be willing to continue to put trust in God deeper and deeper? Because it's laid out here very well from the Sermon on the Mount that we cannot do it on our own. And Paul does a great job of helping us understand in a more simplistic way, saying that you do not do the growth God does. But for growth to happen, we have to have trust. Taking leaps of faith is hard, but it's essential for our faith journey and for us to grow. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.